Let me pray and then we'll get right into it. Dear God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come and jump in and hear your word about how we should think differently. Uh, man, we don't need more of us. We just need more of you. And the space between our ears, it gets carried away and distracted by so many different things. So would you just break through all of the space, all of the, time, all the distractions, all the busyness, so that we can see you and hear your voice this morning. That's what we need. That's what we're after. If we're overwhelmed, settle our hearts before you. If we're apathetic, give us a jolt. Whatever we need, we trust you. We need you. We thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome, Grace Tremont. It's so glad that you are here joining us. We're pumped about you, and we're pumped to be here. Thank you, 930. It's good to see you. And those of you that are joining us online, welcome to Grace Free Church this morning. We are jumping into week four in this series called Mind the Gap. This is a series that has been looking at, it's actually the subtitle is Thinking About How We Think. We don't often think about how we think, yet how we think has a profound, deep, meaningful impact on what we do, on the lives we experience, on, on, on the peace we have in our heart. A lot of the hang-ups that we have, it comes with how we think. So we decided to take a couple of weeks to just, not just, who cares what I say about how we think? That's not going to get you anywhere in life. We're kind of saying like, okay, what's God say about how we think? Mind the Gap is paying attention to the space that trips us up the most and has the most potential to do us harm and to cause us hurt. It's how we think. It's how we think. The Bible has lots to say about it. In week one, we talked about how we need to take certain strongholds, ways we think, captive. Those strongholds are lies that have been reinforced over and over again. Maybe some of the lies, just for a couple examples, are like, you you feel like you're unlovable. And we talked about how you gotta take that thought captive, even though it's deeply reinforced, maybe since childhood. You gotta replace it with truth, that God loves you unconditionally, that nothing can separate you from his love. We talked, maybe you have a lie, like feeling like you could never be forgiven and you just carry around all this guilt and shame. And you need to replace that stronghold with the truth that God will take your sins and replace them from you as far as the east is from the west, that he will forgive you with his unmerited pardon and make you new. I don't know what lies you've been wrestling with, what strongholds. We listed a bunch of them, and if you missed it and it interests you, you can go back online and watch that one. But take thoughts captive. It's aggressive language in Scripture, and replace them with truth. And then the second week said we got to stay on it. You get stuck on what you stay on. And the Scripture we looked at was in Isaiah 26.3, and it talked about how we need to stay on him. He, he gives perfect peace to those whose minds are stayed on. And we talked about that word for like ever. Some of you are like, amen, it was forever. It felt like forever. Shame on you. <laughs> stayed on him. A mind that is stayed on him instead of stayed on all this other stuff, stuck on all this other stuff. Maybe you're stuck on your past. Maybe you're stuck on your current circumstances. Maybe you're stuck on how somebody's treated you unfairly. The key to it all is to keep a mind that keeps going back to and is stayed on him. I feel a little amped up this morning. <laughs> to keep your mind stayed on him, you gotta know who he is. It's his character. Have you been backstabbed or treated unjustly? 
Well, you know how to experience perfect peace? It's to know that God is a God of justice, that he sees it all, that he will write it all in his perfect time. You feel like somebody broke your heart and stepped all over it, and you need to know that God is merciful and gentle, that he heals the broken heart. It's his character. It's his faithful, unchanging, perfect character that gives us hope. It's so like we gotta stay on him. We gotta stay on him. And then last week we talked about how we need a guarded mind and the guarded mind is about making a new list. That passage we looked at in Corinthians, it talked about how, uh, what, how we think leads to what we put into practice and what we put in practice directly affects what we experience. God's peace is promised to you but you might not be experiencing it because you're not putting his practice his word into practice, and you're probably not putting his word into practice because everything flows out of the heart and mind because your thoughts are being hijacked. Hmm, I got hijacked thoughts like Scott has dumb, dumb lollipops up in the worship room. There's baskets full of them. <laughs> That's how many hijacked, my thoughts, sab- hijacked thoughts sabotage my life. Um, maybe you struggle with that too. And we talked about how if you are, a guarded mind needs to make a new list. Instead of focusing all the negative, and, it, and I laid out all the scripture so nobody could be like, oh, it's just Mr. Positivity over there. Oh, it's just this positive fake gospel. No, it's like the Bible. And if you don't believe me, go read it. Look at all the references we threw out last week. There were lots of them. It says, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is right, think about those things. Think about those good. God, whatever circumstance you're in, God has been doing good in the midst of it. We don't see it, we're blind to it. We get distracted by all the negative. That's what we focus on. That's what we yell at soccer games. When the Phillies start losing by four, I'm texting Brandon, the season's over, we're terrible. We focus on the negative. And it's crushing your spirit. We looked at that Proverbs, right? Crushed spirit is like dry bones. Maybe you've been killing your relationship with your spouse or significant other because all you've been focused on are all the deficiencies. Maybe you've been killing your kid, crushing their spirit. You want the best for them. You you just almost don't think about it, but you're constantly focusing on and bringing up the negative. Think about whatever is good. You need to make a new list we talked about. I hope you counted some blessings. There's an old song, man, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. I shouldn't have said that because now some of our older saints are gonna be like, we should sing that next week. (laughs) Not gonna happen. (laughs) But it's still a really good idea. And you could probably find a cassette tape of that somewhere. (laughs) Make a new list. What, what has God been doing good that you might not have been paying attention to? What are the good things in that other person that God has gifted them with and blessed them with that you have been ignoring because you've just been so focused on the negative? Make a new list. It'll guard your heart and your mind and it'll help you experience that peace that surpasses all understanding. And this week, get to it. We're talking about a renewed mind. So in the next 20 minutes or so, 
I want to talk to you about how you can experience or have a mind that is renewed. And the anchor verse for this passage is found in Romans 12 and verse 2. Now, now remember, this is a little different. We're not walking through like a long passage or a long story in the Bible. We kind of are hitting this topical exegetical, which is fancy language to say Josh doesn't know what he's doing. Um, we're just picking apart one verse. So in Romans chapter 12, too, can I read it to you? I'm going to anyway. I don't know why I asked. It says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's good will is, what, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Then you will know what to do now. Then you will know what his plan for you is. Then you will know his purpose for you. Then you will know what direction to take your life. Then you will have an idea what way to go in that big decision you have to make. Then you will know his good, pleasing, and perfect will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you ever notice this about real change? It's really tough from the outside in. You see, real change comes from transformation. A transformation from the inside out. That's why changing has been so difficult for you. That's why those gym memberships go hard for a couple of months and then fizzle. That's why I keep going to the ice cream in the freezer to make me feel better about life, even though I don't want to keep going to the freezer for ice cream. That's why those old habits that you decided to move on from, right? Like, the, that's why that, that Amazon guy, you know him, you know his first name, his middle name, where his kids go to school, what activities he's going to after he drops a package off at you. It's because, it's because change is really hard. And we attack it from the outside in. And, and it's something that we can't even do on our own because we meet so many limitations when we're trying to, like, experience a change in our lives, whether that change is a personal change or change in relationship, it's because that stuff is deep. It's deep. It's not enough for me to say, just stop eating ice cream. If I don't deal with the, the lack of satisfaction in my soul that makes me feel like I need to comfort myself with some wickedly good shot of dopamine in my brain that comes from mint chocolate chip, the Briar's kind. <laughs> I, I struggle with change because it's way deeper. You see, you see if you want to experience change in your life, you need to get at the deep stuff. You, you need to experience transformation on the inside. I don't know what change you're looking for in life. I don't know what change you, you need up in Tremont. I don't know what change you need in Crisona 930. I don't know what, what you're looking for in the middle of your little spot in this, this county called Schuylkill. I don't know what that change is. But my guess is that if you've been struggling, if you've been failing with this, because we attack it from the outside when change, real change comes from a transformation on the inside. Now, now this passage lays out two paths. Two paths one of conformity, and one of transformation. If you don't get anything else, if 
from this message. Conformity leads to defeat. Transformation leads to renewal. Two paths. Conform, and it says stop doing that. Do not conform. But be transformed. Conformity, I want to talk about that first. And we'll end with the positive of transformation. You know, I love the passive middle in life sometimes. Do you ever love the passive middle? I catch myself doing this all the time. She's going to be like, hey, where do you want to go to eat? I'll be like, I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Just like passive middle. You pick. I don't want to pick. You pick. I don't, want to, I don't want a choice. I don't want the responsibility of that choice. I don't want to have to decide where I'm going to park. I don't, want to, I don't want to have to do it. You ever like the passive middle in life? Like you just kind of play it like I don't, I, don't, I don't really want to make a decision about this job. I don't really want to make a, uh, I don't want to have a conversation about that problem in the relationship. I don't want to confront that issue that needs confrontation. Maybe you're like me and you love the passive middle space of life. It seems safe, it seems comfortable, zone out on the couch and just chill. I, I like the passive middle and I often try to pick a passive middle because I'm feeling like busy. I, I, I'm, I got too much. I, I've made too many decisions. I don't wanna make any more decisions. I, I don't wanna... I don't want to have to put myself out there. I don't want to have to be uncomfortable. I just get, life's been too much. Or sometimes it's because I just don't want to be bothered. I got what I got going on in my own head, and as crazy and as weird and as twisted as my own head gets, I like that, I just like that better. I don't want to be bothered with having to make another decision for somebody else. I don't want to be bothered with being responsible. I don't want to be bothered for taking some action in my life. I just don't want to be bothered. And sometimes it's because I just don't care. And right away, busyness, being overwhelmed, and being apathetic become the biggest obstacles to experiencing transformation and renewal in my life. Those are my biggest, can I, here, here's what scares me. There is so much to do and to think about and to decide. It is so easy some of you rolled in here overwhelmed. You can't put another thing on your list. It's flooding and it's sinking you. You're so overwhelmed. It's so easy to be overwhelmed. And, and these things, they kind of build on each other and eventually it's just too much and I'm too overwhelmed so I just don't care anymore. Those are my biggest obstacles. And that's where most Christians sit. I want to step on toes, but mine got trampled. Like, ain't no steel toe Alcoa plant boot protecting me this week. <laughs> Have you been really busy? Feel super overwhelmed with life? Stop caring? 
I know how hard that space is, but those are huge obstacles for you to experience what God has for you next. Or maybe what you've been looking for life and hoping for has been blown apart because of those things. It's not good enough. It's, 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 I can't just say I'm too busy. As overwhelmed as I fear, I have to realize that I don't need to live overwhelmed. And life's too precious to not care. My relationship with God means too much to check out of. I'm glad you checked in this morning. I'm going to take that as a real positive that none of us are dealing with apathy right now. But something we have to watch again because here's the thing I want you to see. Those passive middles are an illusion. The, the passive middle sitting in the space where you don't have to decide, where you don't have to change, where you don't have to do anything, where you can just chill on the couch and let life happen around you, there's no such thing as this passive middle. You can't stay there. Here's why. Here's why. It's because conformity is this kind of like passive present word. It's this, it's this word that means that like your thoughts are leading you somewhere. And you are becoming what your life is saturated by without trying. <laughs> That's the worst part. Without trying. Without trying to go in a direction. Without trying to end up somewhere. Without trying to walk away. Without trying to leave it all up to chance or whatever. Without trying. Your thoughts are leading you somewhere and you are automatically whether you are aware of it or not, becoming what is saturating your life. And you are made for more than this illusion of this passive middle. Following, pat that's why it says do not conform to this world. This world, right, it doesn't mean like don't act like your crazy neighbor, although that might be part of it somewhere down the road. It might not be good to act like your crazy neighbor. I don't know, you're gonna have to figure that out with God at some point. But that's not what it's, it's talking about. A following a life that is unstable, flawed, and weak because it is a life and a life that won't endure because it is a life that is built on the, the ideas and the, pas the, the, the passions and the values that a, that a worldview without God is pushing you towards. It's following fame and popularity and money and power and control. And you say, I'm not a politician. That doesn't hit me. <laughs> yeah, right. You're not all about controlling the relationships around you, so you feel a certain way? How did that play out in your last fight? You don't care what other people think about you? Being accepted by doing a bunch of stuff that makes you look good in somebody else's eyes? That's why he says, do not conform to this pattern, to this worldview that says you got to get stuff to be important. You have to be somebody to be important. You have to be accepted by fitting in. You have to do what other people think is, is right in their own eyes so that they will accept you. It's like, don't follow this 
pattern, this broken system. Do not conform to it. And that word, do not, it means that it's happening already. It's just you don't see it. You see, you may be taking the comfortable middle, but you are being pulled by your thoughts. You are being pulled in a direction and you are becoming what has been saturated your life. Conformity equals defeat. Don't believe me. Ask yourself how you feel after scrolling Instagram for an hour. How does it feel when you're sucked into the scroll of TikTok? You're not on Instagram? How about when you compare yourself? to that mom that keeps showing up with that perfectly looking packed lunch. (laughs) The neighbor down the street who always is smiling and always seems great and always seems happy and you look at them and you think, why is my life not like theirs? How do you feel when you compare? Defeated. Conformity equals defeat because you're buying into a system, a worldview that is so broken. And here's, here's what else I want you to lock this in. Conformity isn't a choice as much as it is a direction that happens to you with time and saturation. Transformation, on the other hand, let's get to the good. You ready to get to the good stuff? Be like, come on, man, get to the good stuff. Transformation, on the other hand, is such an important word. It says here in this verse, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation leads to renewal. And we already talked about how transformation happens from the inside. This word transformation, it's in the passive and present in the Greek language. You don't care about any of that. But what it means is it means that it's what God does continually. Something that he continually does for us. You say, well, then why am I not experiencing it? We're going to get to that in a second. But the work of transformation is what God does in your spirit, what he does in your heart, what he does in your mind. And so you have to ask, like, how's it going without him? When, When you make those decisions without him, when you subject your life without him, when you're trying to follow a path without him, when you're when you're trying to sit in that passive middle and not be bothered by him or not do what's right because it's too difficult, how's that working out? Transformation is what God does in you. And so there's a bit of a choice here in transformation because you kind of got to get out of the way. You have to get out of the way. 2 Corinthians 4.16, another verse about transformation I love. I just want to read it to you. It says, therefore, we don't lose heart. If you're losing heart and discouraged by this message, this is the verse you need to. Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed. It's what God does. It doesn't say, inwardly I'm renewing myself. Inwardly I'm making myself better. Inwardly, I bought a really good audio book. I've been listening to it on the drive to work. Things feel like they're on the upswing. So it doesn't say, inwardly, we are being transformed. Transformation is God's business, and he wants to transform your heart. He wants to transform how you think, and he wants you to experience renewal. And that renewal, it starts on the inside, but like all good change, It transforms everything. It'll transform 
your marriage, some people in the room who could shout amen if we were that kind of church, that one. It'll transform your workplace. It'll transform how you parent. It'll transform all of it. Your conversations will transform everything. Not buying into the broken system isn't enough. We need to be transformed. And we need to get out of the way of what God's doing. I got three tips for you to end this. Tips, I don't know if they're tips. Three biblical ideas. That sounds way better, more spiritual. Something you need to do when you're wearing a camo sweatshirt. Scott's always yelling at me for not having my strings even. He says it messes with you guys. (laughs) It probably does. Does it mess with you? Three, Three biblical ideas to experience God's transforming power in your life. Number one, you've got to let God at the deep stuff. Real change. It's really hard on your own. You don't have the strength to sustain it on your own because real change comes from the inside out, not from the freezer in. Real change is something that God does in your heart. You gotta get, let God at the deep stuff. I remember riding my Harley overwhelmed with life and busy and crazy uh, a number of years ago and I had some really big decisions, decisions that would have taken my life in two really different directions. If I would have made one decision, I'm probably not standing here in front of you, but it wasn't a bad idea. It was a good, it, that's why I was so conflicted. It was like trying to know what God's will was in these two really cool, big directions. What, what path is my life gonna take? I was riding it and trying to make this decision for so long, doing all the pros and cons, putting all the lists together. And all of a sudden, it was like I'm, I'm driving on this sweet Arrow Lake road on my FXR Harley Davidson 1989 lowrider. That's a really cool bike. I got, it's hot out. I got like, I used to be skinnier and ripped. Hard to believe. <laughs> got no sleeves on my shirt, tan, probably some cut up Harley gear, you know, like it just looked like rough. And I start bawling my eyes out. It's because what really I was wrestling with was something really deep in my heart. And it was like a moment on Harley, looking like a thug, crying my eyes out, that I realized I had not, I wanted God to play part in the decision, but I had not let him get to the deeper stuff in my heart. So there on the side of Sweet Arrow Lake Road, crying my eyes out, I said, God, I need you to deal with this in me, this fear that I have been clinging to. I'm so afraid if I go in this direction, I'm gonna screw everything up. I'm so afraid if I go in this direction, they're not going to accept me. I'm not gonna be able to be used by you. And I just let him at the deep stuff. See, you gotta let God at the deep stuff to experience transformation. You've just been playing God. It's comfortable having him deal with the surface. You gotta let him have the deeper stuff in your relationship, the deeper stuff in your heart, the fears, the anxieties. That's why the psalmist, David, he says in Psalm 139, 23 and 24, this is some of my favorite stuff. He says, search me and know my heart. 
Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Root out any off way within me and lead me in a new everlasting way. You gotta let him at the deep stuff. Number two, start saturating your life with something different. You've been passively letting other junk saturate your life. It's been affecting everything. It's not, there's no such thing as the passive middle. What has been saturating your life? You gotta saturate your life with something better. I got a few suggestions. Set your life with God and his word, with church, with God's community that you were created to thrive in. We weren't created to thrive in, on our own. You gotta saturate. That's why showing up to church is so important. Being a part of community is so important. Reading God's word is so important. Psalm 1-2, blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night like a tree planted by streams of water. It bears fruit in season and it doesn't wither. You want a life that's not withering. You gotta saturate more of your life with God. And number three, put in some time. Don't mess with my schedule now. Put in some time. There's a... Our, our, Congregational care pastor serves both campuses. Name's Rick. He's recovering from surgery, which is why you haven't seen him around. He's one of the most encouraging people I know. I love to be around Rick, not just because he's Philly Rick, but also because Rick is so encouraging. And he was telling me about hanging, having all his grandkids over at his house before he went under all these surgeries and how he just told them. They were kind of all together. He said, listen, just spend, he's got, a, he's got a herd of grandkids, by the way. <laughs> Listen, just spend two or three minutes with God. That's it. You start there. I feel like sometimes you gotta say, you gotta put some time in with God. We think, I gotta read my Bible an hour every day. I gotta, you may be able to pull that off for a week <laughs> or a day, maybe one time. We think, like, I gotta, I gotta do all of this stuff and be, no. Man, put some time in and saturate your life starts. To, you could do two or three minutes. You could do two or three minutes reading a, a Bible app. version is the one I recommend on your phone. You could do two, three minutes of prayer in the morning before you jump into the madness. Two or three minutes. And you will know. You will know his good, pleasing, perfect will. You will have clarity on what to do and what God's doing in you. You will know on a deeper level your purpose, which choices he's leading you towards, when he's saying yes and when he's saying no. You will know his good and perfect because he will be renewing your mind as you let him transform you from the inside out. Let's pray. Dear God, would you help us to let you add the deeper stuff in our life. Help us to saturate our lives with more of you, with more of your word, with more of your people, with more of community, more of church, with more of worship. Help us to saturate our lives. Help us to put some time in, just two or three minutes. Like good old Uncle Rick says, two or three minutes 
a day where we turn our eyes and fix them on you. I pray that people this week would experience some renewal in their lives as they let you transform their thoughts and their hearts from the inside out. I pray that I would experience that too. We know it's all possible through that precious blood of Jesus shed on a cross and that empty grave sealing our hope. We're so thankful. In Jesus' name, amen.